0: Senya let's go.
1: All right. So back to back to Queensland. So there's been some uh, property management or um, tenancy reforms in Queensland coming in in 2023 and 2024, from what I know. Um, and there's a lot of lot of little ones um, that that are in place. But you know the, the main ones that that I want to talk about today is the um, the ones concerning or first of all pets. Uh, pets in a property Um, so right now pet uh, landlords can actually choose whether to accept a tenant with a pet in the in the property Um, coming to uh, next year and the year after uh, the new legislation is going to say that you cannot um, you you cannot deny a pet in a property so that leaves landlords with actually no choice um, if a tenant does get a pet so if if there's Obviously, if there's ten applications, the uh, the landlord can choose the one without pets without disclosing why they've chosen that one. Um, however, if the tenant uh, then rings up and says, "I've just bought a Labrador or 10, um, that you, you can't do anything about it. So you can't breach the tenant um, if they haven't actually disclosed a, a pet at the beginning of the lease uh, because even, the
0: tenant even if they've disclosed it.
1: If they haven't disclosed it, um, yep. no, you can't. You can't really do anything about it. At, wow! You know. Wow! So, so usually now, if um, if a pet is, um, if if a tenant has a pet, so that pet gets written in the lease. So we we usually write down the the um, the pet's breed and size and weight and uh, and whatever else. Um, now you can literally just go into the property and the tenant will say, well, you know, you know what, I've got a Labrador. It's not on the lease. Um, and the landlord can't do anything about it under the new legislation. So it's a little bit of power being taken away from, um, from investors. What um, I was
0: gonna ask you though, Xenia, is there's certain properties you've got where the strata doesn't allow pets.
1: I think I think the new legislation is going to override the strata as well.
0: Really? So wow. yeah,
1: from, from what I can see, from what I can Let see, imagine, and yeah, obviously, go. I mean it has to be uh, I would actually encourage property managers and landlords to actually challenge a lot of these these new reforms through QCAT, uh, take it through the Queensland um, Civil and Administrative uh, tri- Tribunal, and challenge a lot of them, and see w- what where we can actually push them. Because right now they're they're just on paper, so right now we can. There's a lot of speculation because um, they haven't actually been tested. So what happens if somebody says my my uh, my new pet is a horse because I've actually had that application. You know, I've had an application here in South Australia where somebody had an indoor horse uh, and I'm not kidding. In- indoor,
0: indoor horse. indoor horse. An indoor
1: horse, yes. Yeah. So not they a wanted pony. To, How big was it? No, no, it was a horse because they wanted to take the back screen door off and uh, and allow the horse to come in and out um it was it was completely oh, toileted is- you know it, apparently it was it was completely house trained and it watched oh, oh. tv with them and it slept in the lounge uh but you know the, it, the, the, there was no back door um they wanted to take the back door off and then uh reinstall it at the end of the tenancy so what happens in a situation when they've got a horse or they've got, you know, um, a thousand rabbits or, you know, something that that's actually destroying the house from what I can see right now in the legislation that the landlords can actually put some boundaries in so they can, they can say, okay, we can't actually uh, terminate your lease or breach you because you have a pet, but uh, these are our boundaries and the boundaries are that the pet has to be outside or, um, It has to be fumigated and, you know, there are some laws. You cannot ask for a pet bond, though. That's actually against the legislation. So you can't say that, you know, you've got to pay an extra bond for the pet. Uh, But there are certain amount of boundaries that you can put in, as far as I can tell.
0: Yeah, I think part of this is because during COVID, a lot of people um, needed pets for emotional um, support and things like that. So I think that's probably part of the reason they started to make those changes.
1: Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. Yes, so it well, come. I guess I get. day it comes down to you're gonna have to be really careful who you choose, but you have to do it anyway, regardless when you're yeah, renting a property.
1: Yeah, yeah. And look, the good news is that 30% of tenants do have pets, so it widens your margin a little yeah, bit. it does, people. and it's just.
0: Um, I think it comes down to having the right property manager and doing your due diligence and making sure. Because you, know, you don't want someone that's had three houses in a row that damage those houses and bring the pet into your house because they're going to destroy it. So you really got to be met- meticulous, meticulous when it comes to vetting them and finding out, you know, um, what the sort of tenant they are. Because the important part is the tenant, more important than the pet. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, people damage houses more than pets do. So yeah, doing that due diligence on a tenant is a must. So. Yeah. Pets also get screened to George. <laughs> uh, so um, when we actually do screen tenants, we actually screen pets along with the, um, you know, we actually look at whether that pet has ever caused damage to a property. Um, yep. If they've been in a previous rental.
0: Yep. So um, that, that's, that's a good idea. You need to screen the pet. Definitely.
1: Mm, mm. yeah so the other um new legislation that is coming in concerns the end of leases. so right now a, a a landlord can choose not to ring you to a tenant because simply because they just want a different tenant uh okay. you know no no reason um, I just do not like that tenant you know I do not like the way they look I don't don't like the way they speak to me so I want a different tenant in my property under the new laws that are coming in a landlord would not be able to do that uh, they can end the re the um, there is a range of um, reasons that are acceptable to end a lease um, and they are if you're moving into a property or if a um, a if a relative is moving into a property or if you need to do major repairs or if you need to sell that property. Uh, But, you know, just renewing just because you don't like that tenant is no longer going to be permissible under the new laws. Um, And again, you know... you
0: even if you pretend that you're going to be selling the property, you're not allowed to rent it out again for another six months, apparently.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's right. they've
0: They've covered all the loopholes as well. But um, yeah. what about putting rents up, though? You can still I put think, the rent I up. I think
1: under the new, uh, the new legislation, you can, you can increase the rent. There's a certain amount. I think there's a scale that they're looking at. Uh, you can put the rents up once a year. Uh, with comparables, yep. which you should ever have you should always have um, comparable properties anyway when you're looking at rent increases just, just yeah, in case the tenant the tenant challenges up. So that one is not that much of a big deal. Look the biggest one for me that I think um, where the, the power of the, the landlord has been taken away is um, the, the protection under domestic and fi- family violence. Um, so I run a rent roll currently of about 300 properties. The, the biggest issues that, well, where, where a property does get trashed with doors broken and walls broken is, is due to domestic and family violence. So it does happen. Unfortunately, we see it happen about once a month. Um, and right now, what we do is, um, well, the tenants, first of all, if that if that happens, they just run. Um, so, I mean, the, the situation goes a little bit like this: there is a jealous ex-boyfriend, ex-husband, um, daughter in in one case that we've seen, um, who would come into a property, they feel some kind of entitlement over a over a relationship or whatever, they smash the house, um, and and we've had that we've had we've had seized, um. You know, we, we've had people coming in with baseball bats, um, smashing everything. You know, where the lady actually escaped through a, a window, and um, you know, the the guy barricaded himself in there with a with a gun. This was in Salisbury, South Australia. Um, under the new legislation, you cannot charge a tenant for breaking a lease or any kind of lease break charges if it involves domestic violence and you also cannot charge either the victim or the perpetrator uh, with any of the damage.
0: Um, to me this is not, if, a, not if the perpetrator?
1: No, because, because of the fact of who is the perpetrator?
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the legislation is a little bit grey because, um, you know, how do you know who is the perpetrator? Who was the provoker and who was the the perpetrator? Like when when it comes to domestic violence, you you, you cannot really name the the perpetrator 100%. So because of that, um, nobody is actually responsible. Even if they are not named on the lease, they're still not responsible. Um, So this is a little bit of a gray area to me because my immediate question is then who pays? um so i have actually rang up um insurance companies right now they are paying they don't know whether they will will pay in future uh, right now we we anything that that comes under tenant damage uh, is claimed on landlord's insurance
0: mm-hmm.
1: right landlord's insurance would then recoup that money from the tenant if there is an insertion in the uh, the Tenancies Act saying that the tenants are no longer responsible, then it's only a matter of time, I think, before insurance companies say, "Well, we're not going to pay either," and and then there's there's really an expectation of landlords to put their hand in their pocket and pay out that that amount, th- those amounts which which could res- you know it could be thousands, um, you know we, if if it is domestic violence and every door is broken and the you know, walls are broken, and I've seen ceilings broken because somebody's trying to break in. They they've been locked out of the house because they're violent, and they're, they're breaking in trying to get through through the ceiling um, or through the roof. You know, removing roof tiles, all of that kind of thing. I mean, the the damage on the houses is extensive in those situations. So um that's going so to be really. So
0: you gotta be really careful who you choose, don't you?
1: I oh, know you do have to be careful who you choose. I mean, in this case, oh, how do you screen the tenants? you know, because you can't say to people, you know, so, you know, how many psychos have you ever dated in your life that are trying to kill you right now?
0: Yeah, you know you, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't you can't actually screen for that kind of thing. Um, I think my my real concern is that it's going to be, landlords are going to just generalise and discriminate against people who could be um, prone to domestic violence and not, you know, such as single mothers and not want them in their house. So, uh, you know, I think that legislation is is going to have a a bit of a pushback on those kind of tenants. You know, landlords are already pretty judgmental. Uh, You know, and there is a a lot of stigma associated with um, certain groups of people. I think the stigma is going to increase if they are expected to actually pay for damages.
0: Yeah, look, unfortunately, the government is trying to do good, but inadvertently, sometimes they make it worse for people. They always
1: make it worse. They always make it worse when they they try to do stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to protect people against domestic violence. But at the end of the day, I mean, who are they pushing the bill to? Because um, it has to be paid. You know, if yeah, so, properties get damaged, so somebody's going to pay. They're doing the pay. opposite
0: because people with domestic violence aren't going to be able to find a place to live, which is going yeah, to make yeah. it worse. You know I mean? And it's a bit like the RBA. I mean, the RBA recently, they recently admitted that they were flying blind and didn't know what mm-hmm. they were doing, mm-hmm. right? Because... It takes three to four months for a rate rise to actually affect the market. Mm-hmm. And so if they do a rate rise before three months, they're just making it up. They don't even know what they're doing. They're flying blind, completely blind. Um, everyone expects them to go down a little bit more. But um, you know, now at the moment, it costs in Melbourne and Sydney, it costs over twice the amount of money to own a property than rent it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've been telling people about red vesting. Now yeah. is the great time to red vest because it's, um, this is the sort of market that red vesting is great. So, anyway, let's get back to tendencies. And now, so what do we do, Zenya? You know, we've got these changes in Queensland and a lot of us invest in Queensland.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the best thing to do is wait till they come in and wait till they become a law. Um, and then I would challenge them, I, I would, add, I would not actually accept them on face value at first, I would challenge them through QCAT. And 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 I think once they challenge the is set out, you know, um, QCAT might actually say, yes, this applies in this situation, but not this situation. Um, you know, once they challenged legally, um, sometimes different reforms will come into place. Um, so, like if you look at if you look at um, things like in the UK uh, right now, there's a lot of properties that are actually left vacant. So investors are actually buying properties and buying them just for capital gains because they can't be bothered dealing with tenants. So and, and this wow. is a, this is actually the pushback on la- from landlords. So you know if, if there are if the laws become too hard. And, and landlords are expected to put their hand in their pocket for everything, every single thing and tenants are not actually responsible for anything, then, you know, landlords might go, well, you know what, stuff it, I'm going to leave it vacant and, and just ride out the capital gains and that is my investment strategy, which is which is perfectly fine. Um, but then the government is going to left, be left with a problem and the problem yep, yep. is that, that the housing, you know, the, the housing market that they're trying to make fair for, for tenants is not gonna be there because landlords will always have ultimate control. Um, so it will be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I think it's really unfair to, to push costs onto the landlord because I can see that it's not really the tenants problem. Um, it's not really the tenants fault if they're a domestic violent um, victim, but it's certainly not the landlord's fault either.
0: Yep, exactly, exactly. That's right, mm. interesting, interesting. So but at the end of the day, we've got, we've got to get down to basic principles, and the basic principles are when it comes to property management, one, you need to get a property manager who knows what they're doing, um, hmm. and more now than ever before. Also, these haven't been passed through it anyway. They're just thinking about it, aren't they? They're trying to put them through
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. They haven't been passed through, so they may change a little bit. Um, I'm just reading the legislation as it stands now and as I understand it now. And, and I again, think there'll like- be a lot of
0: big groups that are going to push back and do that. But also, as you're saying, you can challenge it in court, and you've done that on a number of occasions here in South Australia, haven't you?
1: Mm, mm, you know, you've yeah, got a lot yeah. of
0: experience. You go in yeah. there and you bat for your um landlords yeah. to get in oh. there and just.
1: Yeah, two to three times a week. I've got yeah, that's 1, 9 I'm saying. I a.m. tomorrow morning. You're,
0: you're, yeah, you're yeah. like um, you're like um, a lawyer because <laughs> you go in there and you know this stuff so well. It's well,
1: pretty- that's what property managers are. They they specialise in law, but one set of law, which is the 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 Residential Tenancies Act.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're really good at it, and you know what? Um, it's good to see that. But there's a lot of um, you know, managed property managers out there. They've got no idea about. The way the law yeah works. And that's yeah problem.
1: and look you, you need a property manager that's actually that actually knows who their clients are and and the, their clients the, the client of a property manager is actually the landlord so you've got a uh, you've got you know duty of care to the tenant for sure uh but you you have a legal fiduciary fiduciary responsibility to the landlord so when these changes are Uh, When these laws are coming in and, you know, they're they're threatening your landlords um, to pay more out of their pocket, you need to challenge them as a property manager.
0: Absolutely. It's your duty. Mm. Now, Kent's got a question. With the Queensland change regarding the end of fixed term, what is required to stop it rolling over at the end of the lease?
1: Sorry, say that again.
0: When, okay, with the Queensland change regarding the end of the fixed term, what is required to stop it rolling over at the end of the lease?
1: Rolling over into a oh, periodic so, so tenancy? Let's, yeah,
0: that's right, exactly. Yep, that's
1: correct. Okay, okay. So if if a new lease is not offered to the tenant, it will roll over into a periodic lease?
0: Yep, and it is a periodic lease. Because I, oh, I thought so my if understanding... You want to periodic, stop
1: it, if you want to stop it from rolling over into a periodic lease, which I would re- really recommend that you do, is that you have to offer the tenant a new lease agreement to sign.
0: Yep. And then they have to either get that lease agreement or leave, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right right. Now, now. Right now.
0: Periodic lease. I mean, cause I know. Um, I thought with periodic lease that it's a month-to-month basis and either yes. can leave. It is, but the landlord won't be able to get rid of the tenant in Queensland with the new changes. Is that what's happening?
1: That is a bit of that's a bit of a tricky situation. See what I will tell you what happens now, and then we could sort of discuss what could happen under the new legislation. So, right now, if a tenant, um, if we're coming up to the end of the lease, the tenant is actually given a a new lease to sign. If they don't get if they don't sign it by a certain amount of time, um, there is a termination notice pinned to that um, new lease. So it's like take one or the other. You yes,
0: okay. Leave,
1: yeah, you either leave or you um, you sign the new lease. Under the new legislation that says you cannot end a lease, um, I don't know if there is anything stopping a tenant from saying, well, no, I'm not going to sign a new lease. Um, and I'm not leaving either and it rolls over into a periodic lease which is month by month and if it's a periodic lease then the landlord is pretty much stuffed because if the if a tenant defaults on a periodic lease you pretty much don't have any insurance to cover the rent arrears on
0: mm-hmm. okay Um. so uh, Kent's saying so it won't automatically roll to periodic if you've offered a new fixed term lease look I'd imagine I'd imagine mm, that, that's what's would. going to happen. And I think at the end of the day, so we need to send a notice to lease, leave? To yep. leave. Yep. Yep. I, I don't think they'll be able to, I mean, what's the point of offering a lease and having rent go up if everyone goes on periodic? It's going to be, can you put rent yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, that's periodic right. Or you can't?
1: Well, apparently you can put it up once a year, but but All again, I right. mean, but but again, they've got to they have got to sign a lease. They've got to sign a new lease. So if the tenant's sitting there going, "No, nah, you know, well, I'm not, well, I'm not going to sign a new lease," I am not sure where. And, and this is where where I, where I say challenge it. You know, you, yeah, you need to exactly. take, actually take take it to court and say, um, "We want this tenant to either sign a lease or leave." Um, where where do we stand? You know, challenge yep. every worst case scenario.
0: Get your nephew or niece and get them to move in for three months.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because you yep. can do that, can't you? Yep. You can, yeah, yeah, you yep. can.
0: Yeah. So if you had a tenant out of hell, I'd get my nephew and go, Guess what? You're getting a free trip, six months. You're getting a free trip to Queensland, off you go. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. You know exactly. If they want to play
0: games. I mean, look, hopefully we're going to avoid that. But at the end of the day, you got to think of things around it. You know what I mean? That's the way it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think they're trying it out in Queensland. I, I think the, uh, the idea is to roll it out in all the states. Um, so South Australia is sitting there right now going, oh, let's see how it plays out for Queensland. Um, I think it's going to be a, a bumpy ride for a lot of them. I think, uh, that, you know, a lot of landlords are not just going to take it. Um, yeah. And a lot of property managers, hopefully, hopefully they have enough sense to not just take it as well. Um, to actually challenge it, challenge it through, and see if um, if if there is any precedence for any kind of bizarre situations that are going to crop up, which ultimately I think there will be.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, rental rentals increase have gone crazy recently. They've gone mm-hmm. up quite a bit, and um, you know there is a rental crisis, and I don't think the government's helping this rental crisis. They never do. And it's getting worse because what's happened now, if you look at the immigration figures, we've had the highest immigration this year than over the last 20 years. Wow. Right? And there's over, there's nearly, there's actually 980,000 people waiting to come into the country and Labor are trying to fast track them all. Like nearly a million people. Now, Hmm. how's that gonna affect the rental crisis? um how do you what what do you see is going to help the rental crisis in you what's happening there
1: well is it a rental crisis um who is it a crisis for it's a crisis for tenants um yes, it's actually not, not for landlords for yeah. landlords it's not um yeah. look i think i think it's a it, it's a it's a cycle it's a market cycle so you know markets go up and they go down um you know they, they're caused by supply and demand. There is a
0: Okay, I've lost you the, there.
1: The Sorry, can you hear me now?
0: Yep, yep, I can. Um, okay. The thing is, though... Is basically is just not enough houses. Is that correct? Not enough dwellings. Not enough pay, pay, place for people to live. There's
1: not enough. There's not enough dwellings. And and from what I can see, apart from the immigration, there's two things causing that. And one of them is an influx of interstate people into South Australia. We're talking about South Australia specifically. Yep. Uh, so there's been an influx from um, Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane um, specifically. Because of the COVID situation and the shutdowns in those countries, so there's been there's been an influx of white collar workers into South Australia um, that are competing for those rental prices. The other one is when this when this happens historically, when the um, when the supply is reduced, then developers get to work and yes, they, they, they actually do. develop more properties to meet that that all of that demand. And yes, then it they goes do, flat. But, um,
0: but the challenge However, is there's no land available. Like well, right now I, there's I mean, no there's
1: no building supplies available either. No building so supplies, whatever. no
0: land, no nothing. So that's the problem. We can't supply it because yeah. trust me, I look every week for land for our clients because you know we're desperate to find something and there's nothing mm. available. It's just so much such a shortage of supply. And building costs have gone up, there's no building materials, there's no land. Yeah. Builders are going yeah. broke, they don't want no one to build the thing. I found some land. No builder, there's no builder that wanted to build in this certain place that i found. Yeah. Just, They're just yeah. just getting a builder to build land, build properties now is hard because they're all scared. Yeah. So it's gonna be a big challenge because um it's interesting because we you know we've got such a tight rental market. These extra hundred thousand people, hundred twenty thousand people that came here this year are gonna make it even tighter and next mm. year again and keep going. So I think um, it's gonna be very interesting, especially now the market sentiment. I mean, a lot of people have called off on the idea of buying a house. If you look at the figures, um, a lot of people that wanted to buy over the next six months have decided not to, um, almost up to the point before COVID COVID hit. When COVID hit, everyone decided not the right time to buy. And look what happened. Property price went through the roof. Mm -hmm. And now, once again, people are saying the same thing and I'm wondering what's going to happen there. You know, I mean, I know long-term property always goes up and it's always interesting to see what um, is going to happen in the short term, but we know long-term it's going to go up.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, I've never seen anything like it, like this with the, uh, with the rental demands being pushed so high. Um, At the beginning, we had no idea what hit us as property managers, you know, we did a normal open inspection expecting, you know, five to six groups of people to walk through and 150 people walked through the house. And you think, wow. what is going on? <laughs> so that almost happened overnight and it has not um, let off at all. It, you know, the, the demand is still there in South Australia at least.
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, it is It is fascinating. Um, what's happening at the moment, because you look at the Australian dollar, the Australian dollar has tanked compared to the US dollar, um, you know, we're down in the sixties again and, you know, and with the suburbs that are going down in value, it's like Sydney and Melbourne, they're going down in value. And that's because they went so high up It's the, the blue chip suburbs that are really taking a hit with these rate rises. And the, those mid range properties, the four to 500 mark, haven't been touched really that well, that much at all. But I see the pricing is still the same, which is interesting. Because talking so interest rates George, down. Yeah. Um I don't think it's affecting Canberra too much. Um okay. property prices going down. Yep. Um, we actually set a record the other week for a house that sold for nine million dollars. Wow. That's amazing because, I mean, yep. Canberra's already overpriced, if you ask me. In the inner but, south, a house sold for $9 million. Wow. So
1: wow. it's not affecting Canberra and or Queanbeyan at all.
0: Yeah. Interesting, interesting. So very resistant. You know, 99% of the full, on average full-time wages is the average mortgage payment. And in Melbourne, it's 70%. And then you've got... Um, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, that's all down from 55 down to 39%. So you can see how much more affordable Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth are compared to Sydney and Melbourne. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why, you know, these three cities especially are going to be growing a lot more. Now, obviously, immigration is going to be pushing um, more about Sydney and Melbourne because of... um, the unit market and everything else like that. So, Charmaine was saying there's talk about interest rates coming back down in 2023. What is the likelihood of this? Um, interesting, because we all want to know what's going to happen there. Um, they reckon there might be another rate rise of 1.25 because they're going to slow down a bit, they're going to cut it down. Um, that may happen, I think, in November because, you know, Melbourne Cup is usually the rate rise that happens or the rate of change that happens. Um, What's going to happen is then once, once there's been four months since the rate hikes, we're going to see what it really did to the economy and what it happens to the people because we don't know what's happening at the moment because it hasn't affected anyone that much yet. When that happens, I know what the RBA is going to do. They're going to do what they normally do and go, oh shit, we overcorrected. Let's start slashing. And they're going to just slash like crazy as they always do. And they're going to go overboard. I really think they should slow down when it comes to putting rates up, and slow down when it comes to putting them down, and actually not use it as such a blunt tool and take their time. But you know they're trying to slow down inflation through putting the rates up, but inflation is due to supply chain problems, not to do with um, interest rates. So they're using the wrong tool for the wrong thing. If you look at service-based businesses in Australia, they haven't changed price at all, not one bit. So you go get a massage, a pedicure, a manicure, anything to do with um, service that doesn't include a product, hasn't gone up. The only thing that's gone up is product because of the supply chain and trying to get them in. It's
1: very different.
0: But that link won't come in.
1: I reckon they've got
0: someone Someone's got their iPhone on. So what... um, happening in america which is interesting is in america even services has gone up quite a bit as well they've got real inflation not just supply chain like we've got. so guys that's about it um our shirt finishes in four minutes so if you've got any other questions or anyone want to say anything that's great what, what did you learn tonight what's your biggest takeaway if you want to type it in the chat anything else that you want to talk about for the good of humanity or property investing anything like
1: that uh george it's joda here just might be a bit of a dumb question Uh, i think i had some tech issues joining but um does the sherp start at 6 p.m adelaide time now
0: every thursday is that right okay let me go in the calendar and i'm going to open up so there you go
1: thank you very much for having me on it's been it's been fun